Let us turn in God's holy word once again to that passage we read earlier in Ruth chapter number 2. Ruth chapter number 2. And over the next few evenings, by God's grace, we hope to go through this book of Ruth uh, chapter by chapter. And this evening we're going to be looking at Ruth chapter number 2. And looking at Ruth chapter number 2 under the following heading, The Lord's kindness the lord's kindness how many of us i'm sure many of us have had moments in life where we've had a lot it may be material goods it may be other things and we have known the experience of losing those wonderful gifts that we have once had. The reason for that, there can be many reasons for that. It can be the passage of time. It can be also at times our own sin and neglect of the great blessings that we have before us. There's something of that seen in the book of Ruth. Of course, in the book of Ruth, we think of Ruth. But there's also another important figure in this book. That is Naomi. She goes out full, but she returns empty. There's a sense in which, at the beginning of Ruth chapter 2, they're at a very low point. Sure, they're back for the barley harvest. Sure, they're back for a great blessing that the Lord has brought. God has visited his people. The house of bread is the house of bread once more. But Ruth and Naomi, no husbands. And they are subject to poverty and great trial and difficulty. And something we may see in this book as well is that returning is hard. For the person who has wandered from the side of the Lord, from where the presence of the Lord is, and to come back, it is difficult. There are the scars and reminders of our past mistakes. Yes, there is forgiveness with the Lord and cleansing and washing by the Lord. And we must return. But there are still challenges ahead. Difficult reminders. Naomi is now poor. She faces a challenging life ahead for the decisions that Elimelech, her husband, and the family have all made together. And, as we saw in Ruth chapter 1, experience can change us. She said to them, no longer call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Don't call me Pleasant. Call me bitter. Experience has changed her. But can we return to taste of the Lord's goodness? Surely this is a book that teaches us that. The devil would love to remind you of all the mistakes, of all the sins that we have all done. To not return to the sight of the Lord where we ought to be. To be in the presence of the Lord's people. To not go out into the land of Moab 
with all its idolatry and with its seemingly better life. See, Moab did seem like the better life for a time until the Lord blessed Bethlehem, the house of bread, once more with bread. Friends, we must return if we have wandered from the Lord. But there's also Ruth here in this book. She is a pagan. She has no connection to the people of God other than <coughs> this connection with Ruth. And yes, she has trusted in Jehovah, the Lord God. And this chapter is going to teach us and show us the Lord's kindness, the Lord's faithfulness, his loyal love to those who trust him. The Lord is kind. It's shown towards those who wander from him. Have you wandered? Have you wandered from the sight of the Lord? There is forgiveness and comfort at the sight of the Lord. But perhaps you've come, just like Ruth, with no background in Christianity at all. There is kindness with the Lord. His loving kindness. Our first point that we're going to look at, looking at this chapter, in Ruth chapter number two, is refreshment. Number one, refreshment. Verses one down to verse number three. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabites, said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Now, first of all, we see here Ruth, the Moabites, she's going out to seek to glean. Why? For food. Very, very simply, for food. We have a natural appetite. And if we don't eat for long enough, we feel hungry. If we don't drink, we feel thirsty. And we have a natural appetite which, which we need to satisfy. And the longer we leave it, the stronger it will get. And we have physical appetites, but we've also got spiritual appetites as well. We are sinners. We're sinners. And what natural, what naturally do we hunger after? Well, until we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we hunger for the things of this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We don't lust, we don't hunger after good things. We don't desire good things. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 3. And this is speaking of people who have been converted 
And you hath he quickened. We're dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. And the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In the lusts of our flesh. For fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath even as others. There is a difference. There is, and we all have an appetite. We all hunger for something. And Ruth seeks to satisfy her appetite in the fields. And wonderfully, the Lord leads her to Boaz. It says in verse number three, and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap, which is saying it happened that she was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Now, you may look at that and go, oh, is that just coincidence? Friends, the Lord is in control of all the details of life, the small things and the big things. Do you think that this was just some mere coincidence? No, the Lord in his providence brought, brought Ruth to Boaz. She didn't know where she was going, but she ended up there. But the Lord's providence, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. She's brought to a good field. She goes out to glean. She goes out to gather food. But wonderfully, she gets more than she expects. Far, far more. Why? The Lord's kindness. Naomi later sees what has happened here. Verse number 20. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness. To the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her. The name is near of kin unto us. One of our next kinsmen. But who hath not left off his kindness. The Lord's kindness. It's a very interesting word in Hebrew. It's the Lord's mercy. It's often in the Bible translated mercy. Or loving kindness. Or tender mercies. And it's all to do with his covenant. That love and mercy that the Lord expresses in his covenant toward his people. The Lord's kindness. And Boaz discovers her gleaning in the field and asks in verse number five. Then said Boaz unto, our, uh, unto his servant who is set over the reapers. Whose damsel is this? And then Boaz learns who Ruth is. He learns of our faith. And what happens? Her needs are met through Boaz. It's through the Lord. But the Lord uses Boaz to express his kindness and his love toward her. Even though a foreigner, she she realizes this in verse 10 she says 
Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Now, in modern English, stranger is used a little bit differently. But this is an idea. Seeing I'm, I'm a foreigner. And we might say, well, why, why is that such a big thing? A, a foreigner in terms of a pagan. She's a pagan background, completely different background. She's been raised in Moab. And Boaz shows kindness toward her. Verse number 9 says this, Let thine eyes be on the field, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Refreshment, food and drink, whatever she needs. Boaz knows of our faith. She's been t he has been told of the fact that she has left her former home. She's turned her back on the home of her birth, of the home of her father and her mother. And she has followed and declared to Naomi, her mother-in-law, thy people are my people and thy God, my God. And he hears of this. He sees that she is a woman that is trusted in the Lord, the Lord of Israel, the Lord God of heaven and earth. Verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work and the full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Yes, Boaz provided, but ultimately it was the Lord who provided this refreshment. Remember, they were in poverty. I think we struggle in the West to really understand what happened to the widows and the orphans for most of human history. If you didn't have a husband for many years, even in parts of England, Scotland, anywhere else, hundreds of years ago, and you, you couldn't provide for yourself. There was great hardship involved in that. It was a difficult, difficult life. But great refreshment came from the Lord. From in his inheritance. See, on paper, for Ruth, her lot in life looked a lot better in Moab, didn't it? Go back to Moab. You'll find yourself a husband there. But Ruth clave to her mother-in-law. She clave to the God of Israel. And it brought her to a place she was not expecting. To find help and sustenance and blessing from the Lord. And friends, that is what we need to do in this world. Yes, in the world to come, we will find the greatest refreshing of all. But in unexpected ways, if we follow the Lord, he provides. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. That would be silly to say that. To follow the Lord is, is difficult in this world, but the Lord blesses us with sustenance, gives us unexpected blessings, which he does here. For Ruth and also Naomi. And what he reminds us of time and time again. 
no matter how it looks like on the outside, the greatest refreshment comes from the sight of the Lord, from his inheritance, from the house of bread. That's where the greatest refreshment is of all. The world looks exciting, but it doesn't refresh in the same way that the Lord does. His kindness is greater. I wonder, does the world look exciting to you here this evening? When you say no to the world, the flesh, and the devil, when you say no to the idols of Moab, to the enticements of this world, do you think you're missing out? You're not. And we ought to pity those who are servants of their idols, who do not have the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. Naomi has to learn this in chapter 1 of going out full and returning empty the hard way. And sometimes we have to learn the hard way too. But let us seek the Lord's wisdom that we would cleave to his side, finding greater refreshment with him than in the world. What do you hunger for, friend? What do you hunger for? Because what you hunger for, that is what will bring you satisfaction. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, Jesus speaks in the Beatitudes in verse number 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. There is satisfaction at the sight of the Lord for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So that's number one, refreshment. Number two now, riches. Riches. Verse number one, and Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, a mighty man of wealth. The Lord's kindness can be seen in the great riches which he shows and showers towards us. Now, when we look and read through the book of Ruth, Boaz very much points towards Jesus Christ. He is a man of great wealth. See, because he's a man of great wealth, he can help Naomi. He can help Ruth. And to show the Lord's tender mercies, again, remind ourselves of verse 20. Blessed be, the, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living also says to the dead, the dead who have passed, the dead who are in eternity at this point. This is God's special mercies that endureth forever. Who is the wealthiest person you can think of? I'm sure you can think of someone who's a multi-billionaire. Someone who's lots and lots of money and the richer you are, the more you can help people. The more you can give 
and donate and things like that, the more people will actually probably look for your help in investment and other things like that. Maybe loans. Money has a certain power and influence. And even to a certain degree, a freedom. But you could have all the wealth in all the world, combine it all together, and it would not come close to the riches of the kingdom of God. To the riches of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, it says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you see that beatitude. They are poor in spirit, but theirs. Those who see their poverty of spirit, those who see that nothing in their hands do they bring. They bring nothing. Everything we have is the Lord's, but there is great riches for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Though poor in spirit, we have the greatest riches of all in and through Jesus Christ. And Ruth and Naomi are poor, as we have said. They need someone of great wealth to help them. Now Ruth declares herself to be Poor in many ways by going to go into the fields and to glean very much kind of the leftovers of the harvest in Deuteronomy 24 and verses 19 and 20 speaks about this provision in the law Deuteronomy 24 and verses 19 and 20 it says when thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field and hast forgot a sheaf in the field Thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, for the widow. That the Lord thy God may bless thee in all thine hands. So see what it says here, verse 19. When you cut down your, your harvest in the field and hast forgotten a sheaf in the field, you shall not go again to fetch it. You shall basically leave some left over. For the poor. That's what it means. Uh, the stranger, the foreigner, uh, the widow. For these people who will generally endure poverty. Verse 20. When thou, beget it, when thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the bows again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, the poor the poor and so when she goes to glean she's really declaring her poverty she's saying she is poor and she's in need of help both Naomi and Ruth are in need of this help but they find rich generosity from Boaz we see throughout this book this rich generosity of Moab, food and drink, more than they could imagine. In verse number 14, it says this, And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat and was sufficed, and left. 
we cannot find satisfaction in the world. But what is provided by the Lord does provide us with satisfaction and refreshment. Why? Because of his great riches. If he hadn't great riches, if Boaz didn't have these great riches, he couldn't help Ruth in such a way. He is rich in mercy, but there is one far greater and richer in mercy than, than Boaz. And Naomi, wonderfully, She's gone through all these difficulties. She sees the hand of the Lord upon her. And now it seems like there's a change in her. Verse 20, once again, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness. He see, she sees the blessing of the Lord in this. Friends, has he been kind to you? Has the Lord been kind to you? In difficulties, in trials, in the midst of storms, has he provided a way for you to find shelter and refuge? And that can be seen in all sorts of ways. Yes, we can think of financial. Yes, we can think of all these things. Yes, we can think of answer to prayer for sick and people in illness. All sorts of things like this. But has he been kind to you in saving your soul? The greatest kindness he can ever show us. Giving us food, eternal food. Giving us drink, eternal drink. Satisfying our hunger and our thirst. So much so. Look, if you eat food an hour or two ago, you're going to be hungry again in a few hours, aren't you? But this food will bring to life eternal and to bring complete and sure satisfaction, far greater food than this food that is in the world. Have you been a recipient? Have you received the kindness of the Lord? Has your soul been brought into the, the presence of the Lord? Do you have food for eternity? There's only one who is rich enough to free us from our poverty. It's not Boaz. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three now. Relative. So refreshment. Riches. Number three now. Relative. Let us look more now at, at Boaz. And who he points towards. When we read through books like Ruth. And Esther. And other books like this. We have to remember that. This is not just stories just to fill up space. This is divinely inspired scripture to teach us about God. Every single part of the scriptures teaches us about God and teaches about his relationship with his people. All of the Bible. And it points toward the kindness of the Lord. And we see something about Boaz. Boaz is a near of kin. Verse 20 says at the end of this verse. And Naomi said unto her. The man is near of kin unto us. One of our next kinsmen. Verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's. And this is important information. This is important information to teach us. 
Yes, about Boaz, but also about salvation. The, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of laws that you'll see in the first five books of Moses, the first all the way up to the book of Deuteronomy. And you're probably wondering, well, we don't do these things anymore, and why are they there? Friends, even the ceremonial law, which has been done away with, sets before us the gospel. It teaches in a, in a visual way, yes, revealed in scripture, the gospel. It gives us pictures of the gospel. And what is this teaching us about our own Redeemer? We need someone who is near of kin to us, who is of the seed, a specific seed, the seed of Abraham. Only a near of kin could help Ruth. We look at Leviticus 25 and 25. Leviticus chapter 25 and verse number 25. It says this, If thy brother be waxen poor, and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. So only someone who is of his kin, of his family, of his tribe, could purchase what he had lost in poverty. It was something there to help someone when they fell into poverty, when they had lost, what they had lost. And this is important news for Naomi. When Naomi hears of it, she is delighted. This is an era of kin. Hope is renewed. See, friends, when we hear that there's an era of kin who can redeem us, hope. There is hope there. There is hope for us. There is covenant mercies. There is the loving kindness of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 16. says this for verily this is speaking about the lord jesus christ for verily took not on him the nature of angels but he took on him the seed of abraham the seed of abraham the angels were not rescued by the lord jesus christ in his death on the cross the seed of abraham those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. Those who are of the seed of Christ are also the seed of Abraham. Brought by faith into that one olive tree spoken about in Romans chapter 11. Grafted in by faith and those who are grafted out through unbelief. It's that one tree, that one family, that one seed spoken about through all the scriptures and it required that one of our kinsmen would die in the place of sinners now he couldn't just be any ordinary man because the death of just one ordinary man would not pay for the sins of countless multitudes would it he was also truly god he is truly god 
and he sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. His death had such value because he is God. But he also represents man. He is our brother. He represents man for he is man before God. And he can stand before God for he is God. We must have faith in him. Faith in him who is our near kinsman. Who died in the place of sinners. So this part about the kinsman is very important to the gospel message. And our final point, number four now, reward. Reward. So we've looked at refreshment. We find refreshment from the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ, riches pointed towards by Boaz. He's our relative. He's near of kin to us. And finally, number four, reward. What is a reward? A reward is something that's given to you based upon good behavior. You've ever seen sometimes on posters, if you ever found a pet, there's a reward of a certain amount of money. It's an advantage. It's something good. It's something that you would prefer to have than not have. And with the Lord, you have the greatest blessing. You have the greatest reward. Ruth is given a far greater blessing, reward, in the field of Boaz than she could have anywhere else. In verse number 22, And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with the maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Verse number 23, For she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean under unto the end of the barley harvest, and of the wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. She kept fast. She was told by Boaz, go not, verse 8, to glean in another field. There is an exclusive reward and blessing with Boaz that she could have with no one else. And because it's so good and because it is so refreshing and because he's such a man of wealth and because... He is a near kinsman. Why? Friends, why would she ever want to wander? Why do we wander? Why do we drift from the Lord at times? Because we forget what a blessing we have in Jesus. Ruth sees what a blessing she has in this field. She has been sufficed. She has food and water. She even has protection. Verse number 9, it says, Let thine eyes be on the field that they, go, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? So there's this protection offered by Boaz for Ruth. And you can understand, can't you? And it's still this way in many parts of the world. For a woman to walk around by herself would not be wise. Because a lot of parts around the world are very dangerous. Here is Ruth, unmarried. She's a widow. No husband to protect her. But she has protection from the side of Boaz. 
great advantage, great reward. Why would she want to go anywhere else? Only if she undervalues it. Only if her appetites are not satisfied in what she's been given in those fields. Only if she becomes ungrateful. To glean from another field, why would you do this? Why would you go out into a place of no protection? Vulnerable, alone. The devil wants you that way. The devil wants to entice you with things. Oh, life is much better over here. Away from the presence of the Lord. And he promises empty things. Young people, I pray that you heed this warning. Many people older than you, around you, have the scars of past sins. Yes, there's forgiveness with the Lord, absolutely. But if you go out into the world, you'll only discover one thing. That the devil's promises are like salt water. They do not satisfy. They do not bring anything but disappointment. If we go to the Lord, he brings protection. The Lord Jesus Christ gives us the ultimate protection. This is but a mere picture of the protection that the Lord gives us, the great reward that he gives us. And when we see the great blessing that we have, and we'll only see it by faith. If we don't have faith in Jesus Christ, our eyes are going to be blind to the blessings of being by the Lord's side. You can see it. Boaz sees the faith of Ruth. She has left her father and her mother. She's left the land of idolatry. And she finds rest and refuge and protection under the wings of the Lord. Friends, the Lord does not want to share you with idols. Do you know that? You would not want to share your spouse with anyone, would you? The Lord does not wish to share us with idols. He has a jealous love over his people. And he provides all that we need in him. As we've seen in this chapter, God is kind. God is kind. He's tender mercies. This, this word found in verse number 20, who hath not left off his kindness, is a wonderful, rich word. It speaks of the covenant mercies of the Lord. It speaks of the loyal love, the love that he displays and shows toward his people in Jesus Christ. Is that you? Is that you? Do you cleave to the Lord? Do you cleave to the Lord like Ruth did? Do you cleave to the Lord? This passage speaks of manna, or not manna, but it speaks of bread and food and corn found on the earth, but there's manna from heaven far greater, far, far greater. The greatest kindness he has shown us, salvation. Christ refreshes. He enriches. 
far greater riches than, the, than those in this world. He rescues us, for he's a near kinsman. And he and he alone can save us. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can save us. He and he alone paid that sin debt for us. And he is the greatest reward of all. Both in this world, friends, and in the world to come. And when we see that, we will cleave to him. We will cling to him. Perhaps you've wandered from him. Remind yourself how special he is. Remind yourself how special his food is. Amen. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Almighty and eternal God, we thank thee for thy provision, for the kindness of the Lord, for his covenant mercies. The mercy of the Lord endureth forevermore. Heavenly King, we thank thee for this book of Ruth. We thank thee for these pictures of the gospel. Boaz, this kinsman redeemer. How he has restored hope to Naomi and Ruth. Lord, may we not wander from thee as thy people. Keep us from the wicked one. May we see what blessings what food and drink that we have at the side of the Lord, what protection we have, and how blessed that we are to know thee. Refresh us, Lord God. Pardon our many sins. Bring us nigh unto thee, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us turn in our Psalters once more to Psalm 51. Psalm number 51. And the first five verses of Psalm 51. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. After thy loving kindness, Lord, have mercy upon me. For thy compassion's great blot out all mine iniquity. Be cleansed from sin and thoroughly wash from mine iniquity. For my transgressions I confess my sin I ever see. And we see at the beginning this introduction of Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him. He'd fallen into great sin, David. But it was the Lord's kindness that restored him. His covenant mercies. And this is what we need to seek. We need to seek cleansing from the Lord. Have you wandered? Seek cleansing from the Lord. Come back to him. But perhaps you've never come to know him. Look unto Jesus. Look unto him today. Look away from your sin. Trust him and him alone. That he would cleanse you and wash you from your sin. That you would find forgiveness in him. Let us sing to God's praise. Verses 1 to 5. <clears throat> Oh! 
of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.